Welcome into the Wednesday podcast here at the Paul Farrington Show. Paul Farrington joined by Jack Weinberger, David Barsamian, and Robert Ziggy. Ziegler has returned. Always good news when we have Ziggy on the call. But why don't we start things off with the headliner of the week in the NFL, and that is the NFL Combine has kicked off on Tuesday, and the player workouts, uh, to my knowledge, they begin on Thursday of this week. And this whole draft process, the whole process that we really enjoy as fans, it begins now, at least in the public eye. First off, it's incredible that a draft has this much much coverage. I remember listening to ESPN Talk Radio in New York, and they were saying the NFL draft, like, it beats out NBA Finals ratings a lot of the time. And, and that just shows how immensely powerful the NFL is at this point. But within the combine, there's one team I want to pick out right now and focus on them. And that's the Super Bowl champion Los Angeles Rams. Because they have an unconventional way of thinking. That's part of the reason. That's the main reason why they're Super Bowl champions right now. Is because they had this strategy of let's not go after first and second round draft picks. Let's trade those away and bring in star talent. And that worked in this in this season from with Stafford, with Von Miller, Jalen Ramsey from a couple of years ago. They think unconventionally. Now, another way that they do that is they don't go to the combine anymore. They've decided, less need to decide, we can evaluate players better by just doing our own workouts, doing our own evaluations, studying our own film. We don't need to waste the resources. We'll have some people there. There's better ways that we can spend our time than being at the Combine. And part of that unconventional thinking, that's a lot of the reason that they're Super Bowl champions now. A Paul, honor to be on once again here with you, Dave and Robert Ziggy Ziegler. Always a pleasure. And obviously, like a lot of teams, and I can't fault them, You'd rather have someone who's proven, right? As opposed to somebody who's not. And when it comes to the combine, what do you really get from attending the combine versus watching somebody in a personal workout? I mean, every, every, everybody is able to catch the ball, run routes. And you can watch them on film. You can run the 40-yard dash, watch it on film, watch all these guys do that. You know, you don't have to be there. I don't think it's a huge deal they don't go. I'd probably, I'd probably prefer not to go either and hold my own workouts, right? So, Jack, I think you might be understating the Rams case a little bit. So the Rams case isn't that, like, we can hold workouts in L.A. and players can go to that. Their claim is that things like the 40-yard dash, like the bench press, like the workouts that happen on the combine are completely useless for evaluating players. They think that the 40-yard dash is outdated and won't be run in the next five years. Les Snead said that last year. He thinks that what's important is watching film and seeing what players can do on the field. So they pay a lot of attention. The past couple of years, this thing called GPS tracking has come out for college football players. So you can see how they move on the field. So like Cooper Cup, one of the best receivers in the league, he's really quick, right? Ran a 4.6240. The Rams identified him early as a player they thought would be good because they knew he could move quickly on the field. Jordan Fuller fell to them in the sixth round in the 2021 draft. They thought they got an absolute steal. Why? Because even though he was really slow and didn't look very strong, he made a lot of plays on the field. I think a lot of fans also don't really realize the main purpose of the combine. The main purpose of the combine is not the workouts. The workouts are what's exciting for the fans, right? And the combine has tried to become this exciting fan experience. The number one thing that happens at the combine are medical evaluations. Almost every single player is going to get injured during their college football career. And a lot of players, a lot of players even that could have been looking at the first round, have serious injuries. Um, you look at guys like Matt Corral, right, out of Ole Miss. 
he's got a lot to prove to medical teams this weekend. So the Rams are certainly sending their medical teams. They're going to get their evaluations. They're going to talk about player health. The workout stuff is a little bit more secondary, and the Rams have decided that players that their coaches are just better off watching the film of players instead of going to the combine. It's an interesting sort of approach, and it's more than just we're going to do stuff on our own because we like what we have in L.A. better. That's not a super outlandish thing to say or think, in my opinion. No, it's not outlandish. There's just no other team in the league that – like the Rams don't go to pro days. Um, I think a good comparison is, like, you look at last year, right? The combine basically didn't happen uh, because of COVID, right? So there were a lot of pro days. And some teams, like the Arizona Cardinals sent people to over 50 pro days. The Titans sent people over to 40 pro days. The Rams sent people to three, right? The gap between the Rams and the rest of the league is enormous. Basically, nobody else sees things the way they do. So it's, it's not that it's super radical outlandish. It's just that it's very different from how the rest of the league approaches it. Ziggy, can you explain that GPS tracking a little bit more? Yeah, sure. So here's what the 40-yard dash measures, your ability to run quickly in a straight line. Here's what a shuttle drill measures, your ability to go back and forth a couple times quickly, right? But with things like Amazon, like you've seen commercials for this, right? For like Amazon web services, like we've got computers now that can tell you exactly how fast players are moving on the field, right? It's able to track their position and tell you exactly how quickly they can go from one spot of the field to another in game. So basically what the Rams are doing is they're taking, let's say the Rams are interested in scouting a player like Drake London. What they can do is they can load up all the footage of him playing for USC and they can take any two, like the feed into a computer. And basically, it can take any two points and tell you, here's how fast in-game Drake London gets from here to there. And here's routes he can run. Here's how quickly he runs a slant route at these two points. Here's how quickly he runs a post route. Here's how quickly he runs a go route, right? Like, put in anything you want, and they're able to get the data on it. Same thing with safeties, right? So they being a safety is a lot more than running fast in a straight line. The fastest 40 guys aren't the best, right? It's guys who can get in the right spot at the right time and make the play. So what they're doing there is they're evaluating things in an actual football context instead of in a workout. So they, in their view, uh, the data they're getting is more accurate. It better represents what's actually going to happen because NFL games aren't 40-yard dash competitions, right? Just because one guy is a faster 40 than another does not mean that when they're running routes on a field, wide receiver versus cornerback, that faster player is going to win. Yeah, they're, they're using game speed, game footage to make these judgments. And it's kind of surprising that other teams haven't moved towards this, given the uptick in technology that we see happening in the NFL and and across stats and game plans. Um, One other thing about the combine that happens in addition to the medical evaluations is behavioral evaluations too. I've known a couple people who've gone through the combine experience and they say that in that process, scouts and and team team personnel they'll take notes on very minuscule actions it'll be tiny things like like how they how they greet people when they walk into the room body language uh, behavioral stuff now who knows how important that is going into the draft process for teams but just knowing that for some players who have asterisks next to their name because of whatever off-field issues they may have had in college, the Combine is a chance to really explain what's going on. And the best advice that I've heard is just to be honest with it, because they know everything that you've done. They know everything that every player has done. So instead of covering it up, 
when players come out and they're just honest, that's what the scouts and teams want to hear. They want to hear what happened, if, if anything did happen in the past, and, and just that you own up to it and how you've matured. So this, this really does provide an opportunity for the medical evaluations, but also to look at people and say, all right, how is this player going to impact our locker room? Is this someone that we want a part of our team? Here's the thing. The Rams interview people, too. But what they do, it's not at the combine where you're running through 10, 15-minute questions. Um, that, or it's like 10, 15-minute interviews with a bunch of questions that you know every player is prepped for. Instead, what they do is they prefer to have one-on-one interviews, right? So, like, you have a Zoom call where you fly a guy out to the facility, not for a workout, but just to talk to them once you've already made the kinds of football decisions and say, here's our short list of guys we think might fit well in our scheme, might fit well on our team, have the right sorts of physical abilities. But the fact is, is, like, I, I don't think those character concerns are a huge deal um, in the sense of, like, I don't think you're going to find out tons in a combine interview. I don't think you're going to get tons – from talking, seeing how players greet people at the combine compared to talking with their college coaches, compared to right the people who worked with them every day, because the combine's a high stress environment, right? Guys can be different. What you care about isn't what they do for like this one week where they know they have to be on a hundred percent, but what they did over their three, four, five years in college. You know what's something strange that goes on is the questions they ask in these interviews. I've heard that they're a little out there. You'll be in the middle of an interview and a coach will randomly say are you an apple or an orange? Or they'll say, are you a dog or a cat person? And from what I've gathered, you always want to have the more masculine answer, that that's what the coaches are looking for. Well, my, my next question is, do you think we now have a quote-unquote money ball situation where the Rams are, are starting a trend here that teams are, you know, it, it brings me back to that scene in the movie, and obviously, you know, comparing baseball to football, but it's the same idea of doing things the old way versus the new way. The, the, the idea of scouts evaluating players, you know, based on how good looking their girlfriend is or, or, or based on how much they party and, and, and just asking them little questions like that versus punching things through a computer and using. Well, I, don't, I, I don't, I don't know how much, I don't know how much asking about like a girlfriend and stuff like that. Yeah, is your mother a prostitute is not a question that's going to get you a lot of fans. <laughs> but my, my, point, my point is, is this going to start a trend? Oh, here, here's a good reason yeah, to think uh, it's it not going to start a trend. Um, have you guys ever heard of Salam Qureshi? No. I'm, I'm guessing you haven't. He was a, a former IBM employee who in the 80s and 90s was contracted by the Cowboys to build a computer to help them decide who to draft. Uh, he first came out in the 60s. Then going into the 60s and 70s, he started working with the Cowboys a lot more. And eventually, like once you were entering into the 70s, into the 80s, um, his computer was able to get you much better results than coaches who are looking for things like character and mental alertness and like, oh, this player just catches the ball or whatever. Um, And then you look at that time, the Cowboys had a huge draft edge over most of the other teams in the NFL. It took them decades to catch up. Uh, the, the, like a lot of these football GMs, right? You look at them, they're like old school football guys. I think you're going to see a big gap, just like how Moneyball didn't really take off in the MLB, right? There's still a huge conflict over what the role of analytics is, what guys should be doing, what sorts of things are valuable. You can't say that it hasn't left an effect on the future of scouting baseball players. No, well, so here's what's going to happen. Um, in the same way, like the Rams trading for big name players is going to do it. 
a lot of teams are going to try and adapt this strategy. Most teams are going to fail because they don't understand the actual motivations behind the strategy or how it works or why it works for this group over another group. They're going to conclude the strategy kind of sucks. And then you're just going to have another available strategy that some teams will pick and some teams won't. Yeah, no, Ziggy, I think you're right. I think you're totally right, Ziggy, because there are a lot of teams that are going to attempt this, attempt trading for superstars. The problem is when it doesn't work, you're sitting with heavy contracts, big-time contracts, to eating up your salary cap, and no championship to prove it. If the Rams didn't win the Super Bowl this year, they'd be able to load up for perhaps another year, another shot at it. But it's hard to maintain that level of money trapped with within, what, five players uh, and continue to grow. You, like, you do need some of these rookie contracts once in a while. The Rams have the sixth most homegrown players in the league, starting and playing snap. But sure, on a per snap sure, basis. Sure, but what about what about within their top five salary? Cap? Sure, no, no. What I mean is, you have to be on for those fifth, sixth, seventh round picks. Oh yeah, you have to get consistent stars, and that's hard. You know, it's if you want to see trading for stars going bad, Paul. You and I know this very well. The great train robbery. Uh, the Herschel Walker trade in 1989. Well, we don't right? need the to Vikings. get into the Herschel Walker. All, all I'm saying is just like trading for star players. Right, giving up a lot of assets to try and win now, it's not a new phenomenon. And the star player doesn't always work. Herschel Walker no. was, was good in Minnesota, but he wasn't what they expected. But one more thing, too, about the whole, the whole combine aspect, right, is I do agree that I think when you're watching film, watching guys play on the football field, you get a better representation than watching guys run a 40-yard dash, right? Like, I wouldn't want John Ross on my team, but he's fast. You know, I bet you one kid outlifts another but isn't as good. But I think it does make a difference in the with the later picks, you know, those sixth, seventh round guys. When you're watching film of these small school kids, you know, playing against other small schools that aren't that good, you know, a kid from the MAC like Deontay Johnson, right? Looks great playing against other teams in the MAC like Akron and lighting these kids up. But what does that really go to show? You know, it's it's it's, it's crappy teams, small school, small conference. If you go show up watch him in person and you like what you see there you draft him that's true if, if if you do see someone go to the combine and at the combine there are a lot of egos if you see someone like like an antonio brown or a cooper cup someone who isn't you know, right hasn't played Central against Michigan, big schools Eastern washington yeah if you see them go in there and, and you know they're able to hang with the big dogs uh, and there's just something about them you see the way they carry themselves there is something to be said about how someone performs, you know, among their peers and in pressure situations that, that you can't really replicate. And let's not forget, it's not that the Rams aren't sending anybody to the combine. They oh, no, we know. We scouts. Know. Yeah, no, the, but this know. is worth noting. Their, their claim is just they think their biggest guys, right, the Sean McVeighs, the Les Needs, can do better work sitting in the film room, sitting on the computer, trying to get those kinds of guys. I think watching guys out of Bama and Georgia on game tape, fine, makes sense. Sure. But these later round picks, the guys that maybe, maybe not, you don't know for sure, is not going to do based on film. That's how they, I mean, is Eastern Washington a major football powerhouse? Do they play a lot of really great, great teams from 2012 to 2016? I'm saying the majority of the time to really see a guy like Cooper Cup and to find out for sure that you like him and Antonio Brown, those guys who play at Central Michigan, Eastern Washington, you, you should go to the Combine and watch these guys in person. What do you guys think is more masculine between an apple and an orange? 
I, I think yeah, yeah, I think that's an insane question. It is, but like hundred percent. I think I, I think I'd say I'd say Apple as well. Masculine? Well, that's the that's the question that, that has been asked before. Apple's also a public answer. Everyone's gonna say Apple. You know, orange is round and like soft. So everyone's, yeah, everyone's, everyone's yeah. Apple, masculine. But the answer could be orange. Orange orange, orange, orange has a protective shell. You know, men try to be strong. All right. Oh, oh, all right. Oh, See, oh. The, the, the fact that this kind of question is like, if, if this isn't just a reductio on the value of the combine, the thought that like we've got to sit here debating, and you know, like actual college football players who have a lot on the line are sitting at home right now. Talking of like their draft advisee or whatever, debating whether an apple or an orange is more. Masculine. Yes, that's true. No, I'm not joking. The fact no, that's, that's happening tells you what the combine's really about. It's about a bunch of old guys satisfying their ego, asking college football players uncomfortable questions because they want to get a power can trip. You, can Nothing you about imagine, that answer. Can you imagine being a 21 year old kid? And you have the one of the biggest moments of your life coming up at the combine, and you have this old coach look at you and say dogs or cats and you know you have to say dogs because if you say cats they'll think you're you're weaker for some reason kind of ridiculous kind of ridiculous to think about that <laughs> you, you can't it can't it can't I'm a wait cat person. Oh, well, you'd slide you can you can get some really strange questions at the combine too like um Brandon Doty from Western Kentucky, he has that famous story where he's asked at the Combine, you're on a bus in Alaska going 100 miles an hour. Where are you sitting on the bus? Go in the back. I go to the back. The See, middle. but you've got to say the front. Why? He thinks because if you're in the front, if something goes wrong, you can take over yeah. and lead the team. Right? The back is caring about your personal safety. Well, maybe, maybe I, I just I, care I, about I, myself. Classic Combine question that's been well known to be asked a few times. What team do you pick in Madden? Oh, man. I pick my team. I pick the Vikings when I play. See, I'm not sure if that's a good answer. I used to play Madden a lot more. And when I did, I picked the Eagles with McCoy. That was my go-to team 24-7. If I couldn't pick my team, I would, well, I I would always sure want, to, want to. I would always want a team with a fun quarterback. Someone that I could scramble around with and, and pick up yards. One, because... Uh, you know, I get a little antsy in the pocket, and uh, sometimes I need to get out and, and make a play. But also, it's just more fun that way. Do, do you know what the answer is, Ziggy, that they're looking for? I have, I have thoughts on what they think the answer would be. I think the wrong team to pick this cycle would be the Chiefs. I think if you pick the Chiefs, you're just showing you're soft and take the easy way out. Um, well, yeah. I, even when Think about when you're a little kid and you're playing against your friends. Like 2K. When we would play 2K and someone would be the Heat, I think we banned the Heat in our friend group. We were like, no, like... You can't play with LeBron and Wade and Bosch and that whole crew. Like, who wants to, who wants to play the kid who's always the best team? There is actually something to think about there. Where even when we're younger, the kid who plays the Heat kind of has that that stigma. It's like, oh, he'll just play as the best team. See, the team I would pick is the San Francisco 49ers. That's the team I would give us an answer if I were asked that question. That's oh, a boring Madden team. No, no, no. Here, but, no but here's Madden. why, though. So you just um, draw, dive, draw, dive. Yeah, the, you play to win the game. A nice, They're a team a that nice can win you the game without gimmics. You get nice to outthink your opponent, you get to scheme it up. Yeah, I mean, you, you, well, you got you got Debo, you got George Kittle, you got Ayuk. They're all very good players. You got a strong defense, right? The defensive line will get pressure while you can use oh, it the safety. God, Ziggy, Ziggy, remind me never to play Madden with you. Ever. But you... you, you, you you play to win the game. Ziggy and I played Madden 
back when we were freshmen in college. And Ziggy had, I don't know if you'd ever played before. I'd played um, a couple times, but not but did, much. You know, we had, we had been getting into it on the fourth floor of Carroll Hall. So finally Ziggy's like, oh, I got the game. Like, let's play. And Ziggy just kicks my ass. And I'm, I'm like an okay man player at the time. Ziggy hadn't played in years. Beach me like, I crushed you with the Cleveland Browns yeah, back me in like, like, after like, their winless season. Like 35 to 6. We play again. Same thing happens. And I remember I'm watching this game. I think it was Falcons-Steelers, something like that. And I had Le'Veon Bell. And as I'm running, or maybe I was on defense, and he, he, Ziggy's running with Devontae Freeman. I'm just like, I see that my players are noticeably slower. Just way more. I'm like, what is the deal here? Like, how is he running so fast? So we go back and we're like, I'm like, F this. Like, like we need to play one more. And we go to play and we realize that, Z- that I was playing on all pro level and Ziggy was playing on, on rookie difficulty. <laughs> so all the computer players for Z- that Ziggy was playing against were, you know, 60 speed compared to like an 85. Paul, when you say we realized. We, I realized. You realized that. <laughs> I was surprised. surprised. Come on. Preemptively. Come on favored his cleveland browns just oh like, it, was, it was so funny i remember i'm saying that ziggy i'm like we lost it. he's the best and I, the whole time i'm seen. talking like i have no idea what's going on here i don't know what's <laughs> yeah. happening ziggy, I don't know was, why ziggy was absolutely he, he was bewildered he was like he was like i'm just really good but that that feeling that that feeling that ziggy probably had like this game just comes to me oh yeah when you're able to beat someone yeah, when you're able to to just manhandle someone else in a video game and there's nothing they can do about it, great feeling, great feeling. All right, we'll wrap it up with that. Go play a game of man. Tell us what team. Yeah, actually, that's what you should do. If you listen all the way through here, text us what team you would pick in Madden, and we'll harshly judge you on that. You might just get a shout-out on the Instagram. You might just get a shout-out. You might just get a shout-out. But until then, go watch us on YouTube. Our YouTube channel is doing pretty well right now on the path to 10,000 watch it viewing hours. Yeah. Uh, follow us on Instagram, TikTok, everywhere. Might even might even tweet a little bit. Tweeting is kind of fun. But, yep, check us out on all platforms. We'll be back for Fun Friday. Uh, and then we should be returning next week as well. Consistent stuff on the Paul Farrington Show. Jack and I will be coming to you from Florida pretty soon. So look forward to that little warm Hell weather. Yeah. Until then, arrivederci. Thanks for listening.